Welcome to Nothing to Fear, a horror movie podcast hosted by me, Billy Schultz. I am also usually joined by Luke and Alex, and in fact, I will be joined by Luke and Alex, but I'm jumping in here at the beginning to do an introduction for our Insidious 5 episode that we recorded a couple months ago. It's currently 2024. Happy New Year, everyone. Um, yeah, so not too much in way of intros. I hope everyone had a safe and happy New Year celebration. I hope everyone's January is going well. And if you've made resolutions, you're sticking to them. And if you're like, fuck resolutions, I'm not doing that, then that's also great. I support that. Um, yeah, so excited for 2024 with the podcast. Excited to see what is going to happen um, with the show. And uh, I won't blather on too much because there's going to be plenty of that in the episode. Um, here we go. We join Alex as he... Um, Talk to himself, well, I'll talk to you, uh, while Luke and I both went on a break during a recording a couple months ago. So, enjoy that, enjoy the episode, love you lots, see you in a bit. Once again, I'm the only one on this podcast with a functional bladder. What's up, listeners? I wonder if Billy will find this and keep it in. We'll see. We'll see. So any of you out there Grey's Anatomy's fan? Fans? Huh? Gets pretty... Pretty crazy, huh? Who's everyone's favorite character? Let us know. Shoot Billy a DM. Mine is Addison. I think she's the best character. Okay, I'm done. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Alrighty, Insidious 5, Insidious Goes to College. <laughs> it's called Insidious the Red Door. Patrick Wilson directing. Let's go into here a trailer of Insidious 5, and then we'll talk about it. It's not the house that's haunted. It's your son. There's something in there with him. There's something wrong with Daddy. These things are bad guys. He's got your face. Dalton! He's got your face. Our family has been through a lot together. You told me that when I was 10. I was in a coma, but I don't remember being sick. We're ready to forget, forget, forget. Ever since then, I see crazy stuff in my dreams. Those are not dreams. It's happening again. Something is following us. I'm going to need you to remain still. Hello? Hello? The further we travel... The riskier the journey becomes. Oh, what a trailer. Alex? Yeah. Insidious 5. Oh, no, it's not Insidious 5. It's just Insidious The Red Door is a 2023 American supernatural horror film directed by Patrick Wilson. Ooh. It's his first movie he directed. Um, screenplay by Scott Teams based on a story by Lee Winnell. It's a direct sequel to Insidious Chapter 2 in 2013, so 10 years later. And mm -hmm. it's the fifth one in the Insidious franchise. There's no synopsis here. Um, yeah, so uh, pretty much um, <laughs> it's 10 years later and uh, he goes to college and, you know, demon shit happens again. <laughs> Love it. Sure does. Uh, my subtitle of this movie, aside from Insidious Goes to College, would be Insidious Gaslighting for Everyone because this movie is i don't know i can't wait to i can't wait to talk about it but first of all the budget for this movie was 16 million dollars so a little bit more and again it made 189 million dollars worldwide so yes we're definitely getting an insidious and six. i contributed to that because i saw this movie in theaters yes so did i two that's, tickets it's my fault again not scoring very well critically rotten tomatoes gives this one a 38 percent and imdb gives it a 5.5 so compared to episode four 
better on Rotten Tomatoes, but worse on IMDb. Is so. the Rotten Tomatoes score is that critics or or fan score? Because they they do have two separate. I believe I took the critical score. I think the fan score was more close to fifty, closer to fifty percent. Is Rotten Tomatoes the one where the the number is just based off of the like you either like it or you don't, right? Uh, no, I don't know. I think that's how it works, right? Me as a, like, if I were to review something on Rotten Tomatoes, I would either give it a, like, rotten or fresh. Like, I only give it good or bad, and then based off yeah. of all the goods or bads, that's the percentage that, that comes out, right? Is that how Rotten Tomatoes I works? guess so. It's it's not like a, I'm, I'm grading it a 33%. It's just like 33% of the people thought it was good. I think that's kind of what it is. It is an aggregation site. Like, it just takes usernames and it takes you know yeah okay. that's i think that's why they split it into audience and critics because there have been things where people will like review bomb something if they don't like it people that um, do that are actually the worst yeah <laughs> like i haven't played this game i haven't read this book i haven't watched this movie i haven't seen this show but because there's something about it i don't like i'm gonna say i don't like it like what the fuck is that weak ass shit watch it and then make an opinion <laughs> my god all right rant over I think maybe uh, Rotten Tomatoes is out of five stars. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Let's see. What do we got? The Killer. Oh, I'm on Rotten Tomatoes now. Oh, The Killer was great. That was a good movie. Fargo's got 100%. Yeah, I liked it. Okay. Yeah. It was was really funny. I thought it was really funny. (laughs) It did have some... uh, It was like a comedy, basically. Yeah. Some weird humor in it. Yeah. That's Michael Fassbender, right? Yeah. That's right. So looking at the... The the reviews for audience, it looks like it's based on a five-star scale mm. for Rotten Tomatoes, so that must be it. And I, I do remember vaguely, I wanted to confirm the star rating, because I remember hearing people say, like, if you look at a Rotten Tomatoes review and you see that it's like it's like a C-shape, as in there's like a lot of five-star and a lot of one-star, but nothing in the middle, then you know that it's like, oh, okay, either somebody's fans, like review bombed it to like get it really high or somebody like mobilized like a you know bitter army to like negatively mm. uh push it down or something so yeah k-pop fans, anyway am i right yes <laughs> don't worry i'll get them against our podcast <laughs> oh, great ah that's right all 30 listens weekly oh boy <laughs> we're going down <laughs> i'm serious though so, so some of those people are just unhinged all right, I'm done. <laughs> yes, so I'm done. done. All right, so Insidious goes to college. Um, yeah, this one takes place ten years later. Dalton's going to college. Patrick Wilson is there. His name is Josh in this movie. He is confused because he can't remember things so good, and it's to the point where it's cost him his marriage. So he's no longer married to Renee. Very sad. Got a fractured relationship with his kids. I love that Callie is there for like one second at the funeral of her grandmother. And then we see her for none, none of the movie after. And yeah, it turns out that hypnotizing two people in the family to forget a very traumatic experience where their father tried to kill them with a hammer and then lying about it for the next 10 years was bad for everyone's mental health. So... (laughs) who could have seen that coming but they did that voluntarily though right it's not like they were forced to yeah i don't know i mean i'm not saying it's good but it's like it's like that was a choice that they made if if we're talking about this in gray's anatomy analogy it's like the time that one guy was like hey get this tumor out of my spine chef and then he was like i i can't i can, i can but in order to do it, i gotta cut your spinal cord and then you'll be paralyzed and then he's like do it anyway kind of like that you know but at the end of the episode Shepard was able to remove the tumor without cutting the spinal cord, so it it worked out. So this maybe wasn't even no. Okay, never mind. Not Shepard's that good, hey? He is that good. Yeah. Cool man. Well, it's like, does Cipher choose to take the blue pill? I mean, yeah, in one sense, Cipher chooses to take the blue pill, but you know, we don't want to celebrate Cipher exactly. Well, you wanted that steak. (laughs) You really wanted that steak. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So. I like this movie fine. It was, again, a little bit better than average. It fell into a lot of college tropes, I felt, for, for Dalton's storyline. It was kind of like two halves of a story that didn't really m- merge up together. Like, there was Dalton goes to college, has, like, an overbearing art teacher and paints scary things and has hijinks. And then there's the other half, which is, like, Patrick Wilson, whose name is Josh in this movie, has family trauma has medical scares and then 
turns out his dad was haunting him all this time and it turns into a big like healing family trauma kind of metaphor which made me ask i remember seeing it at the theater going like patrick wilson how's your relationship with your dad do you need to maybe go talk do you need to you need to work some stuff out but opening salvo luke please if you will well i watched this movie once in like july or august so i don't really remember it but i did read the uh, synopsis again on wikipedia yesterday yeah i remember feeling like okay this movie isn't really i I guess of the five movies i was most disappointed in this one because it was the one my expectations were a little bit higher on because it was the original band was all back together but i guess Mm -hmm. really the problem was it wasn't actually back together because it didn't have james wan and lee winnell really in it at all or involved and I think this movie really suffered from not having Rose Byrne be one of the main characters in it as well. Mm-hmm. Her presence in the first two movies was so crucial, I think, to not just those movies working, but for Insidious to feel like it is. You know, especially the first movie, she's kind of the main character for at least two thirds of the movie, I would say. So I, I almost, it almost was more offensive that they were only able to get her for like three scenes. Should have been like she should have been killed, you know, or something like it. I just didn't understand why they would either not pay her enough to have her be like a full time person in this movie. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt that was actually like a glaring weakness of it is to have Renee just be a very tertiary character in this film, considering how crucial of a role she played in the first two movies. So that mm-hmm. was that was one major critique I had of it. And then yeah, like really the other two kids foster and callie again similar like they should have been in this movie way more like what the hell happened to this family where like they just don't see each other ever you know so yeah that was that's all like external a little bit to the story but i i noticed that and then yeah it just it felt a little bit early on in the movie that it was that kind of cliche fighting between parents and and a, a parent and a teenager so much so that like you you're really overlooking major things because you're so <laughs> intent on fighting with each other yeah you know it just felt so then it, then it felt a little cliche which doesn't make it feel natural into the narrative so i i had a hard time getting into this movie i think i something i liked about it i liked dalton's friend chris i thought that was mm, a good yeah addition. she was good into the movie, uh, into the Insidious franchise, I think that was that made it a little bit more enjoyable. Kind of zany, huh? I thought he was gonna get a guy roommate because of the name Chris, and then whoa, whoa, <laughs> this is college hijinks. Uh, but also, truth is, I don't totally remember the details of the plot very well because it was like four months <gasps> ago that I watched it. All right, you want me to do so a quick rundown I, of the plot? Truth, no, no, it's okay. I read it yesterday, but like, truth be told, I totally didn't remember any of the fact that. Josh's dad was relevant <laughs> to any of this. Yeah, and he was yeah. playing. Uh, he was playing like the matching game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but again, I if I remember correctly, like at the end, is Josh not in the further, and it's his dad helping him navigate yes. the further? And I think that that's yeah. a nice narrative resonance to it being young Josh helping Josh in the first Insidious, right? So it's like mm-hmm. the full circle of his kind of hereditary. Help. (laughs) You know, the first movie, it's young Josh helping Josh. And in this movie, it's Josh's dad helping Josh to help his son. I don't know. I liked all of that. But yeah. And like in the second movie, it's Dalton goes to help old dad Josh. And three and four happened, but who cares? But yes, for everyone who's not Luke and read the synopsis yesterday, Alex, give us that. Give us that brief rundown. Well, I don't want to give it to anyone else. I was just offering to give it to Luke. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> I, re- I read the wikipedia plot so yeah I, okay uh listeners if you want to know what happens basically they get their minds wiped because you know josh tried to kill the family in the second but movie i think same. everyone not gets... josh actually not josh yeah no. yeah parker crane josh's body black inhabiting yeah. josh's yeah. body sure whatever josh tried to kill his family Probably. in the second movie and <laughs> did everyone get hypnotized except for renee it was the 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 scene ends with Carl like or the movie ends with Carl 
again, a man who can't wear a fake goatee to save his life. Uh, he he sits on the couch and he's hypnotizing Dalton and Josh. Renee is sitting beside them and Foster is not around. Okay, so Foster, <laughs> wait, because right, because Foster remembers that dad tried to kill him. Okay. Well, he has night terrors. He has these night terrors about dad trying to kill him to which... Okay, I know you're doing a synopsis, but like you talked about how Renee was underserved in here, and I thought they totally like assassinated her character because she's depicted as being like she's gonna do whatever to protect her kids. Like we see her like going full out for Foster, protecting them, seeking out all the help, right? She's doing everything. And then it just does not feel to me that she would spend the next nine years lying to both Josh and to Foster and Dalton about these memories that they're having. Like because because foster says like he's like i have these dreams these night terrors and it and mom has never said they were real she's always like they're not real they're not real they're fake and it's like at some point you think that renee the renee that we had seen in the first two movies would have been like okay i need to do more to help them instead of just like continuously lie and then like again with also with josh He's like, he's having memory problems because of this brainwashing. Like, his executive function is shot. His memory is shot. He can't, like, focus. And instead of, like, like, I don't know, maybe we see stuff, but she was just like, it was just too much for me. And so that's why we had to get a divorce. And I was just like, what a, like, shitty way to paint Exactly. Her. Like, this this whole yeah. movie's kind of, like, pumping up to the Insidious fandom. Coming is like, the band's back together. The Lamberts are back. And then you watch the movie, you're just like, not really at all fucking their back. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. like such false advertising, it felt like, in the run-up to this film. Where it's like, oh yeah, the the Grateful Dead are back. And then you come back and they're all like playing the wrong instruments and they're <laughs> reciting poetry. And just like, this is not, this is not the Lamberts we know and love. Yeah. Asshole, <laughs> asshole Hollywood lying to us about this shit. This is like yeah. um, Serenity after watching Firefly, where Mal yes. is kind of like an asshole, but it's like, but he wasn't. They were all friends at the end of Firefly, but they mm -hmm. just had to like reintroduce all that shit. But I guess a lot yeah, happens so they... in 10 years, you know? I mean, I guess, and that's fine, but it just, it just felt like, it really felt like therapy for Patrick Wilson. Like, it felt like he needed to work through something with like his scenes with Dalton in college and driving him to college and having this like strained father-son relationship that translates into a strained father-son relationship with his ghost father and i was just like man you gotta you could have not spent 16 million dollars for therapy you could have like just gone to a therapist <laughs> i mean have you <laughs> like, seen the cost of healthcare these days oh i guess <laughs> especially in the states <laughs> but yeah anyway what, what what else is the uh what where where do we stop you alex <laughs> I, I don't know he goes to college, yeah, that's okay. it. <laughs> he goes to college. <laughs> and then there's like demons and shit. There's demons at college. So how does the door open for him in college? Do you remember he that? He paints scene? it open. He just paints the door. Well, because he can astral project anyway, even though, because like, just because his memory suppressed doesn't mean his power is gone. So he's always mm -hmm. been able to astral project and then him painting the door reopens the door. Oh, just that because, easy. no, 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 because, uh. Right, 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 because he, the hypnotism gets counteracted because uh, his uh, art teacher is counting backwards, remember? Oh, that's right. <laughs> right, the, like, meanest art teacher in every movie who is like, take out your most cherished painting. Now tear it up! And if you can't do that, then you're out of my class. And I was like, yeah. I feel like the academics board would not be okay with this teacher doing that. Nah, but, she's uh, tenured. Oh, okay. <laughs> I guess so. The Achilles heel yeah, of hypnotism is counting backwards. <laughs> yeah. Now you're going to paint, and I want you to open yourself to the possibilities. And he's like, got it. Hypnotism, control Z, ready to go. Like, I'm, <laughs> I can astro project. So he paints the, paints the door, and then we get, like, college ghosts. Frankly, I wanted more college ghosts. I know we got, like, the guy who barfed himself to death, and that was it but i would have loved to see like a streaker ghost or something or like some other like wacky butt college ghost? a what a what ghost a butt chug ghost <laughs> a butt chug ghost sure yeah somebody who died butt chugging okay like, that frat house should have been full of how ghosts. goofy <laughs> was that shit like it made this seemingly semi-serious franchise into like an absolute joke in that scene where like 
he's astral projecting from like the room to sneak into like the bathroom and then you mm-hmm. just chris just, just sees like the fucking door opening and it's like it it, it felt really silly and kind of dumb to me like it like it didn't belong in this franchise it would have worked in like a different kind of movie but because we oh, never mean like we've never seen anything like that before you know yeah, because he like remembers he can astral project it, and he's like, "Hey, check it out, Chris. I can do it." And then they kind of have like a silly goof around, yeah, astral projecting time. And it's like, yeah, that was very out of character for. It's just weird, insidious, it's strange. Like, never has this ever been like like a funny franchise, right? Nothing about any of this has ever been like remotely goofy or silly. No, the well, the only thing that was re- goofy and silly was the relationship between Tucker and Specs. Like, they have their weird little pissing contest. Right. They're like, I know everything. I bring all the equipment. You just wear glasses. And, like, they, they <laughs> love each other, but they, like, tease each other. And that was where the humor in Insidious was for me. And this time, they're, like, putting it into, like, silly, goofy college teams. And, like, I'm I'm recovering a memory from the movie where there's a character in the frat house called Nick the Dick, who's, like, the the leader of the frat or whatever. And it was just like, okay, so we needed, like... We needed Chat GPT to generate a college bully, and that's like what we got. <laughs> were you were you ever, ever in a frat, either of you? No, no, <laughs> no. Luke, were you in a frat? Definitely not. Because okay, because I'm I I never actually had like a like a college experience, right? I I went to okay. the same I went to the same university as the city I lived in. I didn't live on res. I didn't join any clubs. Never had any frats. I didn't really go to any parties. So it's like. This this whole thing is like, is this true? Is this what happens? Well, that's like college. Like the way the way college is depicted in film and TV feels very like opposite to me because same. I know, Luke, you went to UFC and you're like you weren't from Calgary at that time. But like I also went to UFC, University of Calgary, uh, go Dinos, I think. And <laughs> I lived in Calgary, so I lived at home the whole time. I never I also never went to Reyes. I went to a couple parties but i was in the music faculty and so it was just a bunch of like music nerds and like i remember having an in-depth conversation about somebody who was like making his own bassoon reads so i mean i think i know about <laughs> cool college experiences <laughs> so i don't know all i know from college is like what i went to in university and then what i have seen in you know screwball gross out comedies and they do not match in my head but maybe maybe luke maybe you did because you lived on res right well yeah i lived in residence for five years there's like the similarities from the film is the partying like there's definitely a lot of parties mm-hmm. in residence probably less now because they were already clamp you know clamping down on that when i was because of covid so. no, no just because of like i think the culture the cultural attitude around binge drinking is a little different than when i was 18 to 22 but like so the party element is is accurate like i went to a lot of parties but i know i wasn't in a frat and i think even when i wasn't i was in university frats were not as they were in the 70s and 80s so like mm-hmm. there there just wasn't things like hazing or um there wasn't just like one major there wasn't like a major asshole at a party that had like six or seven minor assholes around them, bolstering them up to be the major Nick, the Dick asshole. Like it just mm-hmm. turns out that for the most Luke, part, Luke, the puke people, people don't like assholes, you know? So yeah. And there's a lot of immaturity at university, but one of them that isn't really there is like celebrating just straight up assholes. You know, it's not mm-hmm. cool to just be an absolute dick to other people. And that, I think, is something that movies stereotype a little bit more than happens in real life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like all those experiences with people who are like rude to you or people who are like jerks or like self, like too self possessed or cocky or like entitled. those are like an amalgamation of types of character traits that we find undesirable and so you kind of like personify it into like a guy in a polo shirt with a collar flipped up and frosted tips and you go yeah let's hate that guy because that guy makes up all the shit we hate about ourselves even even um by the time our generation was in university i don't think we celebrated fraternities as being like the worshipful places to go and it would it was like it's a little bit too naive i think like 
one of the one of the one of the joys of growing up is being able to be ironic and cynical about the world and the <laughs> the kind of like dewy-eyed idea that frats and sororities those are the cool kids and I want to get there is um I don't know. I think millennials and probably Gen X were a little bit more subversive than that by the time they got to university. Yeah. And I mean, we only speak from a, you know, Western Canadian three people like lens. And I, I don't know if maybe in the States, maybe it still holds some of that. I can't imagine it is the same as like definitely not Animal House, but even in like Undeclared or like other sort of college movies like it. It's, it's heightened for Van Wilder. Like all that is obviously very heightened for the movie. And to get it back to Insidious, like having a heightened zany college experience is not the tone for a horror movie, especially since like a lot of the stuff we love in horror movies is when people are isolated, when people are like separated, they're far from help. And to have it be like, oh, it's horror movie stuff happening, but it's a party full of like undergrads is just like, you don't feel the isolation because like either the people are going to like ignore him, which is unreasonable to think in the real world or like, why isn't he asking for help from like these 1000 people that are around him? Uh, and like it this it just kind of felt like you know someone said what if insidious goes to college and they said yeah okay great now write something good but they but they just you know luke luke you love you love busting this one out it's just tropey it's just all tropes that's right yeah and so anyway he paints he can paint the door and he's painting this picture throughout the whole season or the whole season the whole movie (laughs) where He's uncovering this memory, he's painting a figure, holding a hammer, and lo and behold, he realizes he's been painting his dad wielding a hammer the whole time, and he unlocks the memory of Possessed Josh threatening to kill the whole family. And again, they tie it back into a previous movie in the franchise, which is great, but you're unpicking a story that was neatly tied up by injecting more stuff into it. But again, like it wasn't Josh doing that. Like, this is this is the thing that this is the thing that like was so a little um uncanny for me is that it's like oh yeah it really was your dad doing that and it's like well if this is clearly a family familiar with astral projection and the further at this point by the end of the second movie both Josh and Renee <laughs> are quite familiar with the with the further it's like can we not just like teach our kids what really happened that actually wasn't really Josh that was parker crane yeah like dalton dalton goes and saves josh at the end of the second one so he knows too that seems like a memory worth remembering yeah he he knows that his dad was possessed it was somebody else piloting his body but like yeah foster doesn't know that and maybe when he's little renee doesn't know how to be like actually daddy was being driven around by like a ghost of a serial murderer it's like that's a lot for a little kid but yeah like like, I, i bring it back to like the absolute assassination of renee's character whereas like if you're noticing that your son is struggling with this stuff and having night terrors at some point you gotta be like listen i've been lying to you and like it's gonna (laughs) suck but we gotta talk it out like we gotta like clear the air between us once and for all you know that's a fine metaphor to stick into your thing about like don't run from your problems talk them through because they just get worse no but run and run and keep running and just keep running (laughs) and just run them out Run them out. Just run them out. <laughs> Just keep running. Uh, but let's talk a little bit about the part of the movie that Luke remembers the best, which is the fact that Patrick Wilson, who is playing a character named Josh, his dad is chasing him around and haunting him in this movie. <laughs> so did you remember that his dad, who also has the gift of astral projected, thought he was like crazy and hallucinating and so like killed himself? Because he didn't have the language to understand that it was astral projection. Nope. nope. Didn't remember that. <laughs> Who? What actor was playing his dad? I don't even remember that. I don't know. Some white guy. He looked kind of like he looked like Gautier. I thought. <laughs> okay. Well, just somebody that I used to know. <laughs> uh. Isn't that? I thought that was a interestingly uh, a bad choice in terms of the writing to make it. I have this problem, so in order to make sure that it doesn't affect my family. Or any future generations, I'm going to kill myself. Yeah, yeah. So it was a. It's not a great answer. Yeah, it was a. Un, un, I thought it was a little bit of unfortunate writing, as you know, as morbidly 
noble as his intentions may be. It was it's like, come on, you couldn't have written a better thing. <laughs> yeah, because they don't even really explain like obviously I don't want to say this. I think the way they wanted to paint it was like they his dad didn't have an Elise Rainier to explain astral projecting. And so he was just like, obviously I'm going insane and I'm going to hurt someone I love. So like time to sacrifice myself. And it's like, maybe if, maybe if people had the language to describe the things that were happening to them, people could like work through their problems. Like that's a very tenuous link that I can make, but I don't know if it was intentional in the movie, Mm. but yeah, he's just like, and also like if, if your dad is, trying to reach out to you why is he being like fucking creepy and scary about it you know it's like why is he josh is doing his memory game on the window and then we see the like figure sort of come out of the background out in focus and then like bash through the window and like smash through it's like okay if your dad is trying to reach out to you and like man fences maybe smashing through a plate plate glass window and terrifying the shit out of your son is not the way to do it like i don't know i'm not a parent but I wouldn't I wouldn't make those choices, I'd say. We don't know until we are, you know? Yeah, I mean, I uh, don't remember this part of the movie at all, so... <laughs> so clearly it wasn't a very good part of the movie, right, right Luke? It wasn't a very good part. Which... The Dal- okay, the Dalton story, as college tropey as it was, was far better than the Josh part of the story. The Josh part of the story was pretty boring, honestly. Mm-hmm. I was just like, let's get back to Dalton. Let's see what, what zany binge-drinking things he's up to. What are they doing? Oh, he's got a roommate. His name and they the, were the roommate roommates. Chris. It's a girl. <laughs> yeah, she was funny though. I th- I thought she was a good addition. She was good. Probably the best part of the movie was her character. She was great. But but uh, but like even the demon stuff, like the the Ben being uh, Josh's dad was weird. But like also the fact that they really hyped up again to your band back together point they typed up they hyped up that lipstick face demon is back and he's he's back for revenge and he's gonna get what he he's always wanted dalton this whole time and he's not gonna let him go and it's like okay but even that was a bad payoff because we just like go to the same like lair he's chains up josh this time and dalton has to like free him this is this is the first movie all over again but dalton is conscious the whole time yeah Dalton's just not like it's it's really like that I think that's the my biggest issue with this movie is like I know what happened and the family figure trying to figure out what had happened is not interesting to me when I know what happened and I know that because this is the movie they're eventually going to figure out what happened it's like just say just save save me the trouble don't make this movie (laughs) there was a part uh, uh, at the very start of the movie because it opens with uh, Lorraine having passed away so Josh's Josh's dad uh, Josh's mom is is dead now, and they're all at the funeral. And then like the reason Josh starts like thinking about the stuff that happened in his past, like it seemed like he hadn't thought about it at all. The reason is because fucking Carl shows up to the funeral, and then like is such an awkward like weird nerd about it like he runs into josh and josh is like hey do i know you and he's like no no never seen me before i certainly don't know your mom gotta go i just like going to random funerals just love crashing funerals and so it's again it's like okay so this guy he could have just like left it alone could have sent flowers anonymously and not like interacted with the family but like he picked open the scab a little bit and allowed it all to come pouring out again so like which guy was that no carl was carl yeah isn't Carl dead? No. Didn't <laughs> see. I it's confusing. Carl died in one of these movies. No, he gets sent into the further in number two, yeah. and then Elise's spirit like guides him out because it's like it's not your time yet, Carl. I've loved you. You're my great friend. You're awesome. So, so Carl's not dead. Carl's not dead. He's wow. he's alive. He's still around. That's actually the biggest reveal of this whole franchise for me at this point. <laughs> I would have a hundred percent guessed Carl was dead. Oh, get ready for Insixius. <laughs> it's Carl's time to show. It's a Carl origin story. Yeah, there we go. How did he meet Elise Rainier? Yeah, it just it just felt messy, and it felt like they were they really really traded on the name of Insidious to get people in the door, and it worked for me because they're like, okay, let's close this thing up, and and you know we think that it's going to be all tied up in a neat package again because. Dalton is able to paint over the door, which seals in Lipstick Face Demon, 
because lipstick face demon can't get through black paint he's got to have the red paint too so he paints the whole canvas Mm -hmm. and it's done the light goes out and then of course there's a post-credit scene in this movie where the light flickers back on so in six cs in six cs well look here the optimist in me says it it i think that the good news for this movie is that the mistakes it made were very glaring and on the surface and in my opinion fixable have have Renee and Callie and Foster be a more important part of the movie have mm-hmm. like all of the family being involved again have it be if you have to do it make some sort of uber monster make some sort of like Voltron uh, amalgamation of like put Parker Crane and Lipstick Face Demon and the Key Demon put all of them into one mega demon now so it's like okay. mega demon mega demon versus the Lamberts and Elise is in the further, and Carl finally dies, and he's in the further, and the whole family goes into the further. <laughs> Lorraine's like, in the further. So you just want you just want the Avengers the... of Insidious, right? Exactly. It's not that hard. I mean that that movie does great, and then and then maybe maybe like Josh actually has to sacrifice even his further life for his family. You know, see, yeah, there's there's Insidious right there, and that's so, already better than this last movie. So that's how Luke would write Insixius. Um <laughs> That's a great segue into how would you make Insixius. I think, if I can be extra cynical, I think there's going to be, for Insixius, there is a, a worse demon, but this demon is actually killing off other demons in the further. He's found a way to mm. like take their energy, and it's like we see the man who can't breathe. He's gone. Parker Crane, nom nom nom, the big demon eats him up. He's gone. And so Lipstick Face Demon has to like poke out from behind Josh, who's on the toilet, and be like, hey, I need you. You're the only one who can the further. We need a good side. We <laughs> so need a bad a side. Up. We're going to team up. Because if if the Uber Demon is like, yes, I want to eat your son's soul. Like, obviously, we have history. You hate me, whatever. But if if this guy... If this guy takes over, it's 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 finished for everyone. So it's like more <laughs> yeah. is like the the Fast and the Furious when Hobbs joins Dom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. Have any of you exactly. seen the newest Fast and Furious movie? No. Is it? I've seen Fast, Fast Five, and that's it. No. Is it Fast X? Is that the newest one? Yeah. No, I don't think I've seen nine or ten. Aquaman's in it. And then he, there's this, yeah, Jason yeah, and then there's this one part where he goes, here we go. And he sounds just like Mario. <laughs> cool. Okay. And you think I'm joking, but I'm not. <laughs> I didn't think you were joking. <laughs> I didn't think you were joking either. <laughs> he never joke. So Alex, I'll give you the same question. How would you write in 60s? You can either answer it with your, hypo- answer it with your hypothetical, or you can tell us what news there is in the real world of a sixth Insidious movie that you teased so long oh, ago? Well, if I had a choice of writing Insidious, I would not write it and just say, let's just end the series there. Because it's so, it's it's too much. It's too much. They need to stop. They cut, just cut it out. What did Michael Jordan say? Just stop. Just stop it. Just stop. Right? Get some help. Was he talking about drugs? Yeah. I think he was talking about drugs. Sure. But in the same way, we're talking about the Insidious franchise. So to tease it a little bit, so, in January 2022, a new film in the franchise titled Thread was revealed to be in development. While the plot was not revealed, Jeremy Slater was hired to serve as writer and director, with James Wan serving as producer. So, Jeremy Slater has done excellent things, such as known for his work in Fantastic Four and the live-action Death Note. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, he was also the head writer for Moon Knight, and worked on the umbrella academy and the exorcist tv shows the oh the tv shows yeah so that's uh that's that's it uh, apparently mandy moore will be starring in it and uh i i never know how to say his name um silicon valley guy K- kumail kumail nanjiani yeah there we go wait so mandy moore two people starring in the new insidious movie yes yes wow it will the film is revealed to be a spin-off of the main line series and yeah so it's it's a spin-off. So it's a spin-off. In okay. in spindius. In spindius. <laughs> spindius. But then what's interesting <laughs> is uh apparently in January 2018. So this is this is pretty old news. 5 years ago. But there yeah. was a potential crossover with Sinister. Oh, I can sort of see that. Yeah. 
Insidious sinister. Yeah. In sin in, in sinister yes. Yeah. yeah. So no, I would not, I would not write a six movie. Uh, I would just end it here. Like I said, I'm just glad. I like when I finished watching this movie and I stepped out of theater. I was like, I'm glad it's finally over. And then now it's not. So it's never all over. that it's relief, never fucking over. All that relief is all gone, and I don't give a shit anymore. This franchise can 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 do whatever the fuck all it right. wants. It's it's soured its taste in my mouth. You're officially placing it up on the shelf, never to be touched again, right alongside Scream. Yes, I have not watched the new Scream okay, yet. Done. It's okay. Yeah, I enjoyed it. <clears throat> all right then. Uh, do we have final thoughts for Insidious Five? Feels like no, but um... I will say Don is a very talented artist. Okay, Luke. I think given that the fifth one is, I would say, pretty clearly the weakest in the franchise, I'd still be remiss to not point out that I think, like all the other ones, the technical elements of this film are really good still. Like mm-hmm. the um, the direction, the editing, the, especially the sound design. I, I really appreciated watching The Last Key yes, the other day. It's like, man, these movies somehow just sound better than other movies do. All of the creaks and cracks and dropout of sound when a scare is coming. Predictable as they have become, they're very viscerally effective. And they have never really lost that touch in any of the films. And like that maybe is where a lot of the budget goes to. Because in the fifth one, it really didn't go to the acting. And so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think it's easy to forget that these are movies when we're so like invested sure. in the story, especially a franchise and like, I still feel all the technical elements of these movies are among the best that have, that are in the horror genre. Sure. And it is, you know, it's cool. I like that as a play on the haunted house thing. And they're, they're still going with the, like, it's not the house. It's you that's haunted. And you know, I think that's still useful. And, you know, it made a hundred million dollars on a tens of million dollars budget. So City of Six coming 2025 or whatever. So like, fuck we'll, us, we'll right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'll probably go, because, you know, I'll probably go see it, because now I am interested in the franchise. You know? I like Mandy Moore. Five years ago, me? Wouldn't be wouldn't be interested. I like, yeah, Mandy Moore, Kamel. They're great. All right, then. We got a scariest part of the movie? Yes. Alex. Uh, when Dalton is first charcoaling in class, and then mm-hmm. lipstick face demon's hand smacks it because like Argh. yeah that that's was fair. probably the that's scariest fair. part or all the puke the puke was really gross puke is scary yeah. my scariest part was definitely spoiled by the trailer but uh had a real life parallel for me that made it scary where um josh sorry patrick wilson who's playing a character named josh is in the mri machine and all the lights go out and then he's just like looking behind himself and we see the like creepy guy crawling through the like mri tunnel very claustrophobic very scary very effective and made more so for me because like a month after i saw that movie i actually had it to get an mri for something and so i was just like in the tube waiting waiting for it to start and of course i was just like oh it's like insidious the red door Great. Now I'm trapped in this like machine. I can't move. And what if there's something behind me? Uh, so that only because I had a real life parallel was am I classifying that scene as the scariest part of the movie? Very good. Over to you. Well, since I don't remember much of this film, I think I can't actually <laughs> remember a scariest part. So I'm going to say the scariest part is a meta point that they would dare to have Rose Byrne in this movie, but in the manner that she was in. That is fucking terrifying to me unforgivable i guess this also answers the question of like what if we didn't watch the movie recently and then talk about it it would go somewhat (laughs) like this all like i think i remember that happening (laughs) okay in my defense we had set a date to record this movie and i had watched it yeah and then we didn't record it so i was ready Uh i had done my homework life got in the way that's totally fine it happens that's why we're a monthly podcast now, not a weekly Excellent. podcast. Because we, I don't think we, do we would have stuff. liked it anymore if we had recorded just after we watched. I would have remembered it more for sure. I agree, we wouldn't have liked it more, but I definitely would have remembered more things. So, yeah. dear listeners, if you want to watch this movie, eh, probably it would be. I go don't it's watch it. It's a fun. Watch. No, it's not worth a watch. Two, two out of three. Two out of three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, let's rate it then, Alex. 
what are you gonna give it out of what are you gonna rate it out uh, of? I, i'll rate it uh hmm. what was noteworthy in this movie puke string lights oh yeah string lights uh, hammers the string lights yeah. uh we'll rate it out of string lights this is my least favorite one in the entire series so far top five <laughs> Half of it was interesting, the other half was boring, and then most of it was, I know what had happened, and I don't have the patience to watch these characters figure out what had happened when I know what had happened. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give it two out of five string lights. Okay, I am going to say that again. It's, uh, you know, you're on thin ice with with number four, got a 2.8. It's sad to say the work has not improved. Uh, in fact, you've got a little bit worse. Let's maybe look at getting you some help for Insidious <laughs> 6, their Insidious franchise. So I'm going to give this one 2.55 string lights out of 5. It's just slightly better than 50%. You're barely passing. You're like on note. Academic probation, I think they say in college. <laughs> yeah. Luke? Again, while well, grading on the curve, this movie is only better than average because of the genre that it's in. Uh, were this to be any other genre it's not but since horror movies are so bad most of the time movies that are only half bad you can almost say are half good so (laughs) this one is still better than average but only slightly so i'm gonna give it 2.6 lights out of 2.6 lights out of five there we go that is to date as of sunday november 19th 2023 at 253 eastern eastern Um, standard time eastern standard time that's our wrap up on the insidious franchise that's so great well let's move into my favorite part of the show a something to cheer section and i'll kick off the something to cheer proceedings i'm cheering the fact that i am at the time of recording not gonna say the date again i am almost done my semester of school and i have one more after this And I'm really, really cheering the fact that I have some really awesome professors this year who have been very accommodating and kind. I was talking to Alex during the break that one of my profs just extended the due date for a paper by a whole week because the class wanted extra time. I had an assignment for one of my other classes where I fully read and responded to the wrong academic paper that we were supposed to do. And my teacher was like, well, send me the paper. I'll read it. I'll see how your response is and we'll grade you on that one instead of making me redo it. So I was just like, I'm so grateful that, again, I don't have overbearing movie college professors who Mm. don't care and tear up my artwork or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, everyone is a human being. Wasn't she a good teacher, though? No, I don't. She was like one of the best. No, she's one of the best artist professors in the country, which is why he wanted to go to that specific school, right? Yeah, being a good artist does not mean you're a good teacher. And she was a jerk. She was a bad teacher. She was a bad teacher. She was an asshole. Being mean does not make you a great teacher. I, as a person with a teaching degree, she (laughs) failed her students. She failed her (laughs) class and not good. (laughs) Zero out of 10 for her. (laughs) But I'm cheering. Good professors. So thank you. Uh, None of them are going to listen to this. Whatever. Anyway, that's my cheer. Luke, what are you cheering? (laughs) Uh, I'm cheering. So last night, I rewatched Hereditary for the first time since I think we did it as an episode. And I'm cheering the fact that even though it's the best movie we've done on this podcast (laughs) in terms of like, I think our overall rating, I'm cheering that it's even better than I remember. (laughs) It's it's uh, there were some details in the in the story that I forgot about that Mm -hmm. even only even make the kind of overall synopsis of it better. I I just kind of blown away at how good it, it like I already still just say I think it's the greatest horror movie ever made and rewatching it last night it's even better than I remember so awesome I'm cheering that cheering hereditary <laughs> episode twenty of nothing to fear go ahead, give it a listen right. that was a that was a watershed uh, watershed it moment on the podcast I think because it was like yep we finally got you to watch it. <laughs> yeah, and there was a buildup. I remember you being like, "No, oh, that's hereditary," and me being like, "What is that?" <laughs> but that is hereditary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good time. Good time. I'm glad we watched it. Uh, I wish we could uh, record another episode on hereditary instead of the insidious movies. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what are you cheering? 
So remember back uh, when we did like the get out episode, I was like, who the yeah. fuck has like a lake house or like a, a cabin? And we we're talking about that shit. Well, last weekend, I finally went to a cabin for the first time and it was fucking sick. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I understand why white nice. people have them now. <laughs> yeah, pretty nice. <laughs> How was your cabin trip? It was good. It was a lot of fun. It's good. Yeah. Nice. All righty. Well, there we go. We've done it. We've rated another movie. We've cheered something. Now it's time to say goodbye. And so, uh, you know, thank you so much, everyone, for listening and for bearing with us as we do this little scene change into a different format for Nothing to Fear. It's been a very fun 2023. Uh, I guess technically the last two episodes we've done can be considered our 2023 month because we did Talk to Me and then Insidious Five, which both came out this year. So hooray. Uh, had we continued with the weekly thing, I think the only one I'm really truly sad about is that there's a VHS 85 that we could have done for this month, which I think would have been a fun continuation of the tradition. I, but I did watch that one. Yeah. Is it good? What do you think? It's, it's okay. The same, it's the same as the other ones. It's the same. Okay. It's five <laughs> short films that yeah. are kind of spooky. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. That's right. But yeah, thank you everyone for sticking with us in 2023. We're going to bring some more episodes in 2024. I've already got some ideas for once I'm not in school and some other stuff to to put out on the fade. But yeah, thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram. Nothing to fear podcast is where you can do that. And uh, Luke, have you got anything going on? You said you're recording something with another person. Yeah, there's a there's a new episode out on really true fiction and there's some new ones going to be coming out soon. So yeah, that's fun. There we go. Check out Really True Fiction for whatever those are. You got? You, can you give us a title? A couple titles? Uh, yeah. I, so I have a, a British friend who lives in Nelson, and he really loves the Master and Commander books. And so okay. we, we watched the 2003 film with Russell Crowe and talked about it. Ah. And, and Billy Boyd is it. in that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Fool of the And uh, who else? Paul Bettany. Uh, who plays Vision? Paul Bettany. Yeah, Paul Bettany's in it. Yeah, that was great. Go. Great movie. Awesome. Well, check that out on the uh, old Stranger... No, what's it called? Really True Fiction. I was going to say Stranger <laughs> Than Fiction. Really, <laughs> really, true really fiction. Stranger Than Fiction. <laughs> really Stranger Than Fiction and True. Story. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to fear. That's what Podcast. I should have called it. <laughs> should have. Why didn't you? <laughs> really Stranger Than Truth and Fiction. <laughs> yep. Uh, Alex, what about you? You got anything? Uh, you can follow me at one song a day. I'm still doing it. I think I might stop at two years though, but I'm still going. Yeah. 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 Do it until it's not fun anymore. I mean, it, yeah. yeah. There's only so many songs I can, I know, you know? It's true. You're going to run out of songs out after of, two years. Run out of songs. Everyone knows there's famously less than 800 songs in the world. <laughs> yeah, but are there 800 songs that I like? I don't know. Maybe. I post music I like. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Well, you can make an alternate account called Juan Bad Song. Mm, that doesn't sound fun at all. Like. <laughs> Although there's probably more uh, of those, so you might want to do Twan Bad Songs. Yeah. Or Thrawn. Several. <laughs> Thrawn? <laughs> Not him. He's back. Anyway, okay. Let's call it a day. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Thank you, Alex and Luke, for joining me. Uh, I've laughed a lot. I've enjoyed it a lot. And I will say goodbye. Alex, would you like to say goodbye? Of course I would. See you later. See you later, alligators. Luke, would you like to say goodbye? I would like to say goodbye, yes. Okay. Would you Would you do that now, then? Uh, I thought I already did, but I will do it again. I would like to say goodbye. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> All right, folks. Remember, they're just movies. There's nothing to fear. <laughs>